songs have to end with. All right. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. No more. No more surprises. That was very, that was very Ben Folds. <laughs> I loved it. The problem with playing the piano and singing is that by default, it's Ben Folds. It's, real, it's a really hard thing to escape. I don't oh, necessarily uh, want to be the, Ben da, 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 You know, da, da, here's you. the problem. I ran out of hands. Um, oh. Maybe I could... Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not the same without the... I like having the... I can layer it over later. We can overdub it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it taped. I'm, mi- I'm mixing this up. I'm doing my own version here. I hope that's okay. Do you like this new chord I threw in there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sounds do great. Some, some horns too. <laughs> whatever, whatever you like. Whatever you like. Yeah, it's fun. It's good. It's a good. Just a couple of chords. It's a good. Just a couple of chords. <laughs> Everything needs. Oh God, I love it! Ridiculous theme songs. That's the, that's one thing I can crank a lot of out. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna fly up to Portland. We're gonna go into a, a recording studio. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. We're gonna reinvent this whole Any, thing. <laughs> I just did. I just ruin your song. I'm very. No, sorry. I love it. I mean, okay. <laughs> but Dave, before anybody says anything interesting, start the fucking show before I explode. I have so many things to say, and I'm scared <laughs> that we're, not, we're gonna miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hello, and welcome to another episode, a special musical episode of Unprofessional. Uh, I am Dave Wiskus, joined by one of my closest and dearest friends, Mr. Lex Friedman. Well, thank you for that kind introduction, Dave. I love you, man. I love you. And we're joined today by our special musical guest, Cable Sasser. (laughs) And I love you both. Oh, Cable, that is so sweet. We love you. That's okay, right? Yeah. I I have had a man crush on Cable for so long. (laughs) Who hasn't? I know. (laughs) Well, we should acknowledge right off the top that incredible theme song he just did. That, that, that was great. That was so great. Yeah. The first guest to cover the theme song. I hope. It's long been a dream of mine to have other people doing that song when they come on the show. And this is really cool. It's really cool to hear that. Well, it, it's super fun. Thanks for letting me do that. And thanks for letting me sit at the piano and do this. I know it's kind of an unusual podcast scenario. Our goal is to have every episode be a little bit different from every other episode. And so this fits that. And you're Just welcome. Fine. You know, anytime you need to break in a song, that's fine. And if you if you feel like a section of the show needs don't, some don't say ambience, that, I will. Yeah, unprofessional the musical. We should do this on Broadway. I feel like I should have said ambiance instead of ambience, and now I'm regretting it. Oh, oh fuck off! God damn it! <laughs> now, are you self taught on the piano? Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't uh, read sheet music or write sheet music or anything like that. I'm kind of musically illiterate. So if I hear something, I can play it. Um, or I can play the mysterious things that arrive in my head. But, uh, uh, yeah, other than that, it's just, it's all play by ear. So it's an That's, interesting challenge. Man. So I can't I read think, music either, but I, I can play the piano, but not anywhere nearly as well as you can play the piano. And this is, you know, this is not like being humble or anything. I literally cannot play the piano <laughs> as well as you just played it. Hmm. Um, but I'm just, I know that before we started recording, you were trying out the theme song and didn't know what key it was in. And then Dave says, oh, it's D and you just suddenly switch and you're playing the same thing in another key instantly without any thinking i was i was kind of blown away so well, 
Thank you. <laughs> I, I also have never been able to read or write sheet music. Nice. And, and, like I have to play that some way. I, I would not be able to just listen to something and start playing it. The fact it's almost, I'm, I'm humbled by the fact that you just started playing. You're like, how does the theme song go? And you like play it out in your head for a second and you start doing it. That blows me away. Well, it's interesting. And, and I, I, you know, I think about how is that possible or where it comes from? And it's, like, you know, my sister took piano lessons when I was a kid, which meant that I was required to dink around at the piano and try to be better than her at it. And so, you know, she would practice and then I would just I would just sit and play the piano all the time. Like, you know, when I'm not playing video games, I was probably playing the piano. And it actually kind of became my sort of space out zone. It was like, you know, sitting and thinking at the piano. And um I think it just all kind of connected. It's like, you you know, if you, it's easy for me to say, if you just play it enough, it'll all come to you. But I, obviously <laughs> it, can't, it can't just be that, but you know, you get to, you get to know the relationships between the notes and that, you know, you go from here and then you play this one over here and it's going to be that other note that you're thinking of or whatever. And so it just kind of flows together. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. And like, you know, I, I like to play, I have, I have hundreds and hundreds of voice memos of, song ideas and my problem is actually doing anything with that you know it's just like <laughs> i have a million ideas and a mil- I, you know a million notions but it's like to actually sit down and, and write the song to completion and be like okay i finished that song that's a big step that i somehow haven't been able to take yeah my advice my solution to that problem is start a website where you post those songs and get people to expect you to do it oh. and you just have like a, an implied deadline that's a really good idea haven't you gotten really lazy on airplane mode uh, I've been lazy with posting. <laughs> I've not been lazy with working. There's a ton of stuff going on behind the scenes. God, okay, I'll trust you. Um, but before, I, I want to ask more about the the not actually recording the things. But before we do, I just want to give you a quick chance up front to tell the people, Cable, who you are. Oh, I love. I, love that. <laughs> I am Cable Maxfield Sasser, and uh, I, I was the co-founder. I am the co-founder of a software company called Panic, and so we make. Mac and iOS apps. We make uh, uh, Mac apps called Transmit, which is a file transfer client, and Coda, which is a web development app. And then we make some other stuff like uh, Unison, and uh, we make uh, Diet Coda for iOS so people can work on websites on the go. And we make uh, Prompt, which is a sort of a SSH client. So yeah, we're sort of focused on these uh, professionally uh, techie tools for Mac and iOS. But yeah, so a bunch of little apps nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, right. yeah. I don't. I never know how much people have heard of them but yeah it's uh it's uh it's been fun and i think god it's almost been about 15 years now which wow. is totally bonkers since steve and i started but um, award-winning apps right yes as a matter of fact award-winning we have a beautiful statue sitting on wade's desk right now from our our glorious uh mac world eddie which is pretty exciting and and, and actually our first know? first ever award we still have our uh old uh mac addict do you remember mac addict <laughs> yeah. oh wow yes. yeah that's Back in the day. that sits somewhere in the closet yep this like plastic with this <laughs> dude like you know it's like kick ass or whatever oh that little smiling guy right yeah you remember that guy but yeah I was published in Mac Attic once. Oh, nice. But I mean, it was a letter to the editor. Like, I didn't get paid. <laughs> but I was published in a letter to the editor in Mac Attic in the same issue on the same page as a letter from my sister, who at the time and now lived in Israel and had a different last name. So they did not know that we were Whoa. related, but there we both were on the same page. Wow. Of Mac. What did, did you frame that? No. What did you write about and what did she write about? Yeah, I have no idea what the answer is <laughs> to either of those questions. <laughs> okay. I have absolutely no idea. I just know that it happened. I Dear probably have it saved. My somewhere. brother's a real jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but so you say you very rarely 
cable take your recordings and actually or take your your song ideas and turn them into something correct and i promised myself before we started this recording that i wasn't going to bring up something that i literally have brought up every time we have spoken in person <laughs> except <laughs> i can't help it and my wife and i still reference it to this day <laughs> and you already know what it is i do i do exactly but, so you created i don't you created a musical uh called buggy saints row <laughs> Where it was in 2006, so yeah. recent reference for me here, but you were playing the video game, the Wii game, I think, Buggy, A- or Saints Row, yeah, the Saints Xbox Row. game Saints Row, and it was yeah. very buggy, and Incredibly. so you created a musical. Yeah, so I was just, as I was playing the game, I had my digital camera next to the couch, and, and I was getting bugs constantly. I don't know if my Xbox was dying, because I'm on my sixth Xbox or whatever, but um, it would just freeze up and glitch up in the most spectacular of ways, and I started taking these videos, and after a while, I'm like you know, stringing them, the videos together, like thinking this would be funny. And then I, I don't, I can't explain where the idea came from, but I'm like, ah, oh, I bet I could write some songs to these. And that, and <laughs> the, that one, somehow I managed to pull off in, I think, I think you're right. Like you, you set a schedule or you set an expectation and then you just pummel through it. And that's like the shortcut trick because I was just like, I don't want to spend forever on this. I'm just going to sit down and play whatever comes to my mind while I look at these videos. And then just like, it probably took a couple of hours to nail out those three songs. And then I added a little bit of arrangement on the last song to try to make it like a spectacular finish or whatever. And, uh, and, and posted it. And it was, it's funny because I, I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a game bug musical. And then the guy that did all of the, radio voices in the original saints row game he was like the the in-game you know you're driving in your car and you're listening to this fictitious radio station and he was like the announcer guy and he wrote all the like cringe inducingly bad comedy (laughs) commercials and stuff you know and he contacted me he was really excited about this and he's like i want to make this a real musical (laughs) (laughs) like an actual (laughs) stage musical and it was i love that idea but it was one of those ideas where you're like that's not a thing that will ever happen that's really ambitious i I really appreciate your enthusiasm if there's anything i do to help let me know (laughs) i have to say before before the musical i was already a cable fan because I knew Panic. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't in the biz at that point back in 06. I was merely a user and a fan. Right. Right. But, you know, I, I, I knew of Cable. But then you see that not only, you know, can he do all the other things that you know he does, but A, it's the songwriting, and then B, even though you poo-pooed it in the blog post about it, you know, the actual singing. Because this, this was not an easy musical to sing. Everybody <laughs> should pause and go listen to it. We'll have the link in the show notes. And it's only, I think, three or so minutes long. Yeah, you can, it's, it's, it's only it's a couple of chords. Right. But it's... Um, <laughs> That's a private joke for three people in the world, but it's uh, I don't know. It's and incredible. Tom Petty, we sing. Yeah, we sing. We sing. Um, and actually, I'll tell you that one thing that I still begrudge about it, given all my love for it, is that you uh, you censor yourself. Oh, see, it's very yeah. clear that you're saying fucking, but you of still course. bleep out the. Uh. Are you gonna Are you gonna censor yourself on this show? <sighs> it's an interesting. I don't want to and i probably won't no i do want to this is what i mean okay i always imagine my my (laughs) parents or my i grew up in a household where we didn't swear i didn't swear in front of my parents and i still don't swear in front of my parents it's a very context sensitive system of course when i'm at work you know they're swearing but i it's kind of this switch that flips on and off and so when i was you know making buggy saints row i'm like kids are gonna listen to this probably certainly my parents are gonna listen to this like i can't swear and so i had to bleep it now what i do that today i don't know maybe not uh nevin made fun of me when i did uh, a live show with gruber at MacWorld because 
I apparently swore a lot, and I had no recollection or memory of this at all. I outswore Gruber, which I guess was a pretty awesome accomplishment. But I don't know. I can't. The censorship is an interesting thing, and and yeah, I would probably be a little bit uh, more lax about that now. What you you guys you guys don't censor? Do your parents listen to this podcast? My mom is possibly the biggest fan of this show. Do do you swear in front of your mom? Oh, of course I do. <laughs> I do not, not swear fair. in front of my parents, and they do not listen to the show. <laughs> I see a theme. Yeah, what does it mean? I swear in front of <laughs> I swear in front of my wife's parents all the time, and they swear in front of me. In fact, I would say that probably my father in law, in private at least, not in front of my wife, but in front of me, is probably the most vulgar person I know. <laughs> not not that he you know sits around talking about horrible things, but right. when he wants to swear, he will use the most vile terms, oh, like literally vile enough that I won't say it on this show. Wow. This this from a guy who regularly drops the c word in casual oh. conversation. Oh. <laughs> and jerk. he's and he's not British, right? <laughs> yeah. He is not British. Yeah. <laughs> well, I may swear. That's fine. It's it's encouraged. All bets yeah. are off. It's not just that uh, we don't appeal to a younger audience. It's that we don't want a younger audience. <laughs> Right. We recently did a survey. We recently did an audience survey, and I think like maybe two people said they were under eighteen. Oh, interesting. So yeah, we're we don't have to worry about that anymore. All right, good. I won't worry about the kids. Yeah. I never do. <laughs> now, another thing that I know about you, and this is true, this is something I do, I know about you only from everything else I said is a lie. I only know this about you <laughs> from the internet. And I don't know the origin story. Oh, man. Um, but you, I believe, and if I'm wrong, I'll just sound stupid. I believe that you have a lifelong fascination with Japanese culture <laughs> and Japan. This is a fair thing. I mean, uh, among many lifelong fascinations. Right. Um, we can argue about this. This is going to be great. Yeah, we can we can talk about this. But yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know. It's like one of those things. I did a report in fourth grade, and I was like, oh, this place seems pretty cool. And then as I got older, and it became clear that like, there's lots of uh, creativity and lots of uh, uh, fascinating culture, and uh, it just seems so different than the life that I'm used to, you know, in Portland, Oregon, or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of an interesting place. It's just uh, they 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 create a lot of uh, you know they as a country create a lot of uh, those people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they do a lot of interesting things and make a lot of interesting things, and it's led to. You know, we 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 started uh, publishing our software in Japan uh, early on. There was a publisher in Japan called Act Two that approached us about selling our software in Japan, and that was a uh, cool. That was my my first trip over there, which was pretty amazing. And uh, then eventually, we sort of spun that off on our own, and now we have we actually have two employees in Japan. We have uh, Kenichi, who is our uh, icon guy and does amazing 3D icons at the drop of a hat, and it's really nice having that uh, skill in house because. You know, icons are, for some reason, just one of the most specific and difficult of uh, art and graphic design tasks. I mean, you can find the best graphic designers and the best artists in the world, but for them to be able to turn around a beautiful icon, there's, for some reason, a really wide gap in those skill sets. So that's Kenichi. And then uh, Nobi is the guy that kind of runs the show over there and supports our users in Japan, of which there are quite a few. He actually, you know, uh, hits the streets of Japan and travels around and does user group meetings and talks about Coda. And uh, there's uh, like a book about Coda in Japan. It's like kind of really caught on over there. So how do you say Coda in Japanese? Uh, Coda. (laughs) (laughs) I speak Japanese, everybody. Yeah. Coda. Yeah. So what, what is it? What is it about Japanese culture that attracts you? Because I I just I've never seen it. 
It's an interesting question. Um, where do I begin? It, 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 for me, growing up, um, uh, obviously, like a lot of people who are, you know, nerds that get interested in Japanese culture, my first introduction to it was probably through uh, uh, movies or uh, anime or manga or stuff like this, which at the time, which would have been in like, you know, the early 90s or the mid 90s, it was such a stark contrast to the stuff that was available in the US. Like, uh, you know, and it's, and this is completely different now. Um, but I feel like the rest of the world has caught up. And so the, the, the gulf is not as wide. It's like, you know, the cartoon shows that were on TV in the US were like just the most... Uh, basic, awful cartoon shows at that time. This is before kind of like Ren and Stimpy changed everything and then Cartoon Network existed and everything got hip and cool and Adventure Time and all these things, you know? It was like, you know, Scooby-Doo or whatever. And so, um, I don't know, it just seemed like this is a a group of people that, uh, a group of people, just generalizing like crazy, that... Uh, they all know each other right that's right like adults can uh read comics or uh you know watch animated films and they're not pandering to children and 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 when you're a teenager and you're seeing that that's like a at least at that time that was a very mind-blowing concept that there's like these are art forms that where i live are totally only for children but somewhere else have been taken in these fascinating directions and i think that's kind of the introduction to that that concept of Japanese culture being interesting, that they're doing interesting things with the medium. Like, obviously, Japan and video games is a huge deal, and I'm a huge video game guy. And so there's a big connection there. But um, even more recently, like, you know, we made these shirts for this crazy PlayStation game called Katamari, (laughs) and where this game is, like, literally a ball that rolls and stuff sticks to it, and then more stuff sticks to it until you're rolling up entire streets and, and... plots of land and planets and and it's the kind of thing that wouldn't it in my opinion up until the indie game scene that has kind of flourished lately would never have been made in the u.s by a u.s game studio ever because you're not rolling up guns or you know <laughs> sh- shooting uh aliens in the face with you know whatever and so it's just it's just it, to me it's there's mediums that we're all familiar and accustomed to, you know, or, or at least nerds, you know, video games and, and movies and TV and stuff like that. But that's the Japanese culture is much more open to expanding those things in new directions. That was a very long answer to your question. Did that at all? But, did, but it was very thorough. Did it help right. at all? Did it, did you, yeah. And I'm with you on, uh, you said, you said in the, in the first, uh, I think 20 minutes of your answer. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, you said early on in your answer that uh, part of it was the the embracing of, of things that wouldn't be culturally acceptable here, yeah. and I'm with you there. Okay, okay. The the problem is that what? where does this fall there's, apart? There's another end of the, the spectrum there, which is they sometimes again they we're being super yes. uh, borderline so, racist I'm here. Very so sorry. Uh, apologies to, to the, the entire in, world for the, everything yeah. that I have and yeah. will say. Yeah. Uh, the other end of the spectrum is that the embracing of things that aren't culturally acceptable to us also includes things like uh, some weird <laughs> stuff, tentacle porn and used panty vending machines and schoolgirl fetish. And it, there's like all the repressed culture stuff. But those are the things, and this is unfortunate and it's not like Japan has a PR agency or whatever. But the, <laughs> the, those are the things that I think a lot of people think of now when they think of Japan. And I, you know, it's like, 
those that's the fringe and like we've got crazy fringe in the u.s i mean we've got furries and we've got you know like <laughs> preposterous you know internet frit the balloon fetishists and everything you know i mean that stuff totally exists and if you're if you're looking at u.s culture as an outsider you're gonna latch on to the weirder things and be like whoa those guys are totally crazy they've got the x y and the z and 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 i europeans think europeans tend to do that Right. <laughs> right. And I think the, you know, the one thing that the internet has done is kind of normalized everybody's weird thing, which I think is great. I think, you know, I always wondered like people who had weird things, how did they find other people who had weird things before? It's before like Before the internet? I don't yeah. know, it's kind of magical. <laughs> yeah, the internet has really brought all the weirdness together, which I really appreciate. But um yes, there's definitely the fringe stuff, but I would argue that the fringe stuff exists in all cultures and that yeah, it can get I I just hit my piano with my elbow. That really emphasized my point. But the uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that people think of that stuff when they think of Japan. But I think it's all a part of the picture. So here's my theory. Yeah, or my hypothesis is that my perception of Japanese culture has been painted not by the Japanese, but by Americans who are really into Japanese culture. Yeah, that seems very. And fair. I think I think it's a bunch of white people who yep. have ruined Japan for me. I I I would probably agree. With that. That seems totally possible. (laughs) And and like anything else, you know, everybody, you know, gloms onto it. And then, you know, the 4chan exists and ruins everything. (laughs) I think 4chan has probably ruined Japan. So, And you know what? I think that's actually a great point because you could use 4chan as a brush to say, well, look, the Internet is disgusting and horrible. But it's just one piece of the Internet. So I'm with you. I'm with you, Well, no, no, no. I I think that the Internet is is disgusting and horrible. (laughs) Well, we'll have to agree. I think the Internet can be. Horrible, but I don't think that it is. I'm just I'm talking percentages. <laughs> <laughs> almost almost I'd say eighty to eighty five percent horrible and disgusting. <laughs> I mean I wouldn't have put good odds on it. If if I were a betting man, I would have bet against this theory, but I had this sly hope that somehow your name, which I think is unusual, mm. would have some connection to your, you know, well, my name, actually, I'm named after my great-great-grandfather who's <laughs> from Japan oh, and whose man. name was, you know, something cable-like. <laughs> so uh, my name is actually... You sound like a superhero. From Cab Calloway, whose full name is Cable Calloway. Two L's. I think my parents dropped an L, but I'm named after Cab Calloway, the, 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 the jazz musician. So Mini actu- Yes. So I guess the name would have circled right back around to the music discussion, not the Japan discussion. But. Interesting. But the full name, Cable Maxfield Sasser, yeah. you sound like either <laughs> the superhero identity or a Bond villain. <laughs> the Maxfield really drives it home. I just Who's wish I was really a, a third or a fourth or something. And then Who's I the Maxfield for? Maxfield Parrish, the painter. So wow. I'm named after a musician and a painter. So that's, yes. So your I parents was, are very... Uh, hip. They are artists. And Ma- uh, Maxfield Parrish named after Chris Parrish. I was going to say <laughs> artists, and I changed to hip right at the last second. Yes. Yeah. No, artists. Both artists. And, uh, you know, grew up that they were screen printers, and my mom did, uh, still does incredible paintings. And even now, they're making a series of posters, really cool posters of different neighborhoods of Portland with pictures of Portland landmarks and, like, selling them at the local crafts fairs and stuff and selling them online. Like, yeah, they're, they're amazing. See, they now just... I'm surprised they don't swear in front of them. I figure artsy parents, you get to just swear however you want. <laughs> you would think. I can't explain your that. Your parents sound cool. I want you to call up your parents as soon as we're done and just say fuck. And no, say no. Call them, call, them, no. call them live on the oh, show. There's, <laughs> I literally, there's no way I would rather. What's their Skype ID? <laughs> <laughs> Let's, well, we have a surprise for you, Cable. 
Uh, this did not turn out how I expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. The only other thing I have on my list of interesting cable qualities, besides name and Japan, are um, you have a, a seeming obsession that I almost share, oh. but that I can't quite get behind because sure. you like the really weird flavors. But you have this obsession. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's with candy or with snack foods Everything. or if it's both. All of it. How do I, where do I begin? It, it, it hits on so many levels. Um, Please. Okay. I have time. A, I'm fascinated <laughs> by the introduction of new products, all new products, and just new products in general, just because I like it from a marketing and business and like interest standpoint, where it's just, it's fun to see what is introduced and then, you know, the competitors copying them immediately and like the grocery store is this perfect like self-contained microcosm of this universe of uh new products and and testing and stuff like that and so i have this like incredibly tuned terrifying new product radar where i will like walk down an aisle without even subconsciously thinking about it and be like oh wait there's a new cereal over there (laughs) let's check that like it's kind of freaky does new Uh, packaging trigger the same thing or is it you're looking for a brand new product new packaging for sure new new oh. packaging or new product packaging is great I actually uh i have a <laughs> this is i have a series of photos of uh <laughs> packages that haven't redesigned in a long time yeah, I, find just, that really <laughs> interesting. yeah. Right? I have a, I have a tie i posted one i think but i have i don't know maybe 50 and it's interesting some of them have uh been redesigned since i took the pictures because it's no longer valid but some of the some of them like the uh Next time you're at the grocery store and you're in the cookie aisle, look for these cookies called pinwheels that are like marshmallow, chocolate covered. They must only be eaten by the oldest of old people (laughs) because the package has remained unchanged since what looks like early 80s, late 70s. And that's interesting to me. That means that it is not worth their time or money to redesign this package because it will make no difference to the sales of this and product. And it's an Nabisco product. And you it think is. like they, they know what they're doing. And When was the last time they updated the packaging for Werther's Original? Oh. <laughs> Actually, fairly recently, which yeah, is too did, bad. Did they change their logo? <laughs> yeah, they did change their logo, which really <laughs> shoots my old person theory. Yeah, no, they definitely did. I think old people need marketing, too. Yeah, that's fair. So what is it about pinwheels, then? Old people don't last very long, and there's always new old people. That's That's the problem. (laughs) Well, yeah, but those new old people have memories. That's right. Well, (laughs) to varying degrees. (laughs) Yeah. But see, what I like is when there's new packaging on a product, and they go out of their way to stress that it's still the same product. I love that. Same great taste, bold new logo. (laughs) Yeah. Don't freak out. <laughs> you can still eat it. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we, when we lived in Los Angeles, we would go to the kosher supermarket a lot of the time, which was awesome. horrible and small and very densely packed. I just uh, went to one of those recently when I was in Los Angeles. Actually. Yeah, it was probably one of the same ones. You were probably in the Pico Robertson area, yep, is my best yep, guess. Yep. And so that that was those were our supermarkets. And um, you know, they're they're horrible and smelly places filled with angry Jewish people. <laughs> but they had these popsicles that I just loved. And I would get the cherry-flavored popsicles nice. because I'm a big fan of any cherry-flavored thing, even though it was in, probably not until the year 2003 that I started eating actual cherries. Right. But this these cherry-flavored popsicles, they were great. But, you know, I would constantly drip them onto my clothing, whatever, and then they'd have to go in the laundry. Not the popsicles, but the clothing. <laughs> and then, literally, seemingly in answer to my non-existent prayers, they came out with another version of the cherry popsicle that was 
white instead and the box said same great taste no mess and it was exactly <laughs> what i needed and it was exactly it's what like it a offered. dream came true wow i didn't even know i needed it just removing the color entirely <laughs> yeah yeah it seems like maybe you would just design a better popsicle instead of changing the color of the stain there's still mess it's just not <laughs> yes, red right, right? Is that but, right but i can imagine colors of clothing upon which you would not want a white yeah, stain that's it <laughs> That's a fair point. You love any kind of new product. Yeah, from... it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a cookie or a chip or whatever. I mean, even, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just, it, yeah, it's fascinating. And then, of course, there's the, so there's the business marketing product design side of it. And then you get to buy it and there's the taste, you know, weird <laughs> new thing side of it. And, and um, my secret trick is I think people, you know, I post new products that I come across all the time to Twitter and, and the frequent response is like, how are you not like 400 pounds or how are you still alive? <laughs> or, you know, uh, and the, the cruel true answer to that is that I just bring all that stuff to the office and I eat like two bites of it and everybody else eats the rest. And so I kind of, I kind of distribute my pain among everyone else. Did you eat the, uh, cool ranch Doritos locos taco? That was an taco incredible Day. taco. <laughs> I'm going to go on record. It was delicious. Did you try it? I did. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I believe, uh, like, we have. I don't know about maybe, incredible. Maybe I'm going to take back the word incredible. That might have been <laughs> oh, going too far. It really is fascinating. <laughs> it wasn't good. I was always told that, uh, like, product marketing, it's all big, evil corporations. Mm. So it, it, I always felt like the outsider that I, I should be ashamed of the fact that I genuinely like product packaging. I genuinely like right. when they announce a new thing and I can go try it. When they come right. out with, like, you know, the, the new flavor of fruit snacks or whatever, like, of right. course they're marketing this to me. Right. Of course they're trying to get my money and I'm happy to give it to them because I find these experiences interesting. Yep. So when they come out with a, a taco that is made of Doritos, <laughs> cool ranch Doritos, of course I'm going to try it. That I am in, that is my, that's my brain space. And I understand why people wouldn't understand that and might <laughs> think that what is wrong with you. And, uh, you know, you're just being, you're just being marketed to and you're just, you know, you're a sheep. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah. I, I want Doritos now to make a Dorito chip that's meant to taste like the taco and then for them to make the taco out of that new Doritos flavor that's meant to they taste like the They made the Dorito taco. flavor. So they, they really did? They really yeah, did make happened. the chip. Wow. The chip is being introduced shortly. And yes, I also yes. hope that it will round trip all the way. And it's similar to how they made Blizzard flavored Oreos, which was weird because of that's Blizzard crazy. is Oreo flavored ice cream. And well, now so, it's Oreos with ice cream. And everyone's flavor. terrified of what happens if you try to make a Blizzard with the Blizzard Oreos because it might be the end of us. Yo, dog. Yeah. Wow. Did you try? Did you ever try years ago? Taco Bell did a uh, a chili cheese Frito burrito. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I did not try that. It was with the chili cheese Fritos. Yeah. Inside of regular burrito. And it was amazing. <laughs> It well, was a transcendent <laughs> piece of food. Now, Yum Brands, which owns Taco Bell and KFC and a and uh, aptly named. They used to be associated. They owned Frito-Lay for a while, right? But they're, they're no longer connected. But there must still be a cozy relationship right. between There's the two corporate entities. There's clearly some friendship left between yeah, the two. I would, I would love it if they, they still hang out. the chili cheese Frito burrito. That well, delicious. have you sent and an I email? Yeah. Uh, I send them letters weekly. Have you tweeted sir. at Taco Because <laughs> you know they'll apply. Well, I'm pretty sure they all listen to this show, so hopefully it'll come back around. And I'll go on record as saying I love Taco Bell. I'm a huge Taco Bell fan. You know, I think Taco Bell gets a bad rap. Wait, you know what? I, I think I they are still connected. Are, are at they? least according to my skimming of Wikipedia, while I should be listening, they're all owned by Pepsi. <laughs> 
PepsiCo, correct. Right. Owns Yum Brands. That makes sense. And Yum Brands for a while tried to open a uh, a burger joint called Hotten Now, which is one of the worst possible. Was names. it pronounced like that? Hotten Now. Was it a C H? There's a there's a line over the H. <laughs> Wait, can you it's do Dutch. that? It's know. Dutch. There's yeah. a G. <laughs> Hot now was was not good, but they, the, their burgers were something like fifty nine cents, and so it didn't last long. And most of the hot nows in the Portland area are now uh, loan shark places, so it didn't Ooh. go well. One of Did them guys... became a Starbucks. But we had a guy once who. This is my anecdote about fast food tweeting. We had a guy once that that, that noticed that the at panic twitter account which we only use for answering support questions was not following anyone on twitter and for whatever reason this really bothered this guy and uh he tweeted us and he's like (laughs) why how come you don't support your community and follow people and i'm like well it doesn't make sense because no one's reading it like we would follow you but we would never see it because this is like input output people at us questions and we reply and he got really bummed out kind of mad and he's like you know you shouldn't i tell you what if you if i'm the first person you follow i'll donate like a hundred dollars to charity or whatever <laughs> which just seems crazy to me because who cares and so i was just like that doesn't make any sense but i really appreciate your interest and you know all this other stuff but but you know i don't think that's gonna work and then i don't know i must have just been in a mischievous mood that day because then i immediately followed carl's jr on twitter from the panic account <laughs> just carl's jr just hoping that that guy would maybe refresh it the next day and be like god Damn it, those guys. So the weird part about this was Carl's Jr. freaked out and they were very excited that we were following them on Twitter because we had a fair number of followers and they were thrilled. And so began a beautiful relationship between (laughs) Panic and Carl's Jr. Where Carl's Jr. would send us like gifts in the mail, like big stacks of coupons. And they'd be like, hello to our our Twitter friends, (laughs) you know, from at Carl's Jr. on the card. Like it was like... Literally, well, like so I, I think the big question though is what went wrong because the panic account is no longer following Carl's that Jr. That is a really good question. Uh, so after many months of a fallout, a beautiful relationship. In fact, at one point they sent us a large cardboard stand-up figurine of Miss of Turkey. Carl? No, I, Carl Karcher. No, Miss Turkey, and that's somewhere <laughs> in the stairwell of the office, and it scares me every time I walk down the stairs. And uh, uh, this was just great. I still have coupons. If you guys need any burgers, let me know. I'll send them to you. <laughs> yeah, hook hand, up. Hand-scooped milkshakes. Uh, I don't think we have Carl's Jr. around here, but that's we, we definitely have it here. It might be called Hardee's. Right, yeah. We do have Hardee's. I don't know if okay. they take the Carl's Jr.'s coupons. Well, they the do. Company. They the do. Place. They take the same coupons. It's all CKE Enterprises at the end of the day. Right. But anyways. Uh, oh, then send them all to Lex. He can take his kids out for lunch. Uh, I will. <laughs> They're uh, a little bit uh, too kosher for that. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Get them too, all bacon burgers. Too kosher for Carl. Uh, our Carl's Jr., our downtown Carl's Jr., which I will admit we didn't really go to that often, it closed down and became a veggie grill. And uh, wow. I, had to, I had to break it off. We had no reason. We had no place to spend these coupons, and and I broke you it off. ended it. Wow! It was. Me. I thought for sure that somehow that some corporate person at no. Carl's Jr. is going like, we can't keep this. Going. No, it was me. It just it just didn't make sense anymore. We kind of grew a little bit apart, and you know, their, their <laughs> it's interests. Not you, it's me. <laughs> their interests changed. Their burgers got a lot messier and weirder. And we were <laughs> and just... so now the the only account Patty follows on Twitter is uh, <laughs> your and Danny Zucker's favorite Twitter account, Donald and Daffy Duck. Hey, guys. <laughs> well, yeah. it says it's Daffy Duck, but the, yes. the name is Donald Duck misspelled. And a single tweet. 
a single tweet of Hey Guys, which Danny Zucker, who's a co-creator or at least a writer on Modern, Modern Family, Family. Yeah. loves to retweet There's just something all the time. beautiful about that. And it makes me laugh every single time. And, yes. and I just imagine this guy being like, oh my God, Donald Duck is free on Twitter. Like, this is my big payday. And then totally failing to spell Donald Duck correctly. And that's why it was Getting great. every detail And then, wrong. yeah, failing in every respect. Then setting the name to Daffy Duck because he kind of, it'd been a couple of days and he forgot which duck it was and then <laughs> you know and then and so yeah hey guys what more can be said yeah and the the thing with the hey guys that makes it perfect is that it's all lowercase yes. with no punctuation yep and it's just god i often look at it and want to retweet it but i feel I'm like retweeting i'm encroaching right on danny's okay <laughs> i'm oh, retweeting you, it right now all right. it's funny with I'm, the, a, the, I'm also going to retweet it from the unprofesh account all right <laughs> The, the all lowercase definitely gives it a sense of uh, like desperation and sadness. I want the link to to Donald Duck in the uh, in the show notes to Donald Duck. <laughs> okay, <laughs> name so, so all of our listeners can retweet. I want to see thousands of people retweeting that. It, it reminds me of the early day of the internet, and I, I think I might have mentioned this on Twitter, but I noticed that Hanna Barbera had not registered yabadabadoo.com. They had actually misspelled it and registered yabadabadoo.com. Oh, so I was like, oh, I'm taking that domain. And I registered it under the fictitious company name Jackson Brown's Internet Action with an exclamation mark, <laughs> which I was really excited about. And then I actually got an awesome, angry legal letter addressed to Jackson Brown of Jackson Brown's Internet <laughs> action like they just assumed that yes. the guy's name was jackson yeah, of course i think the thing they were mad about is that i pointed it to disney and they didn't appreciate that much, <laughs> you're so. so mean i learned well, you say yeah of course but i mean would, would you expect a letter now saying dear mr panic yeah, right that's, that's a fair point so i i worked at uh this company called intermix which was the parent company of myspace back when myspace was a thing and not a justin timberlake vanity project and <laughs> We had this employee named Conrad. I guess I won't say his last name, but Conrad was Building. hired as a PM, uh, a, a project manager. And he um, he eventually got fired for incompetence. But during his time <laughs> at Intermix, he often worked on and talked about his blog. And his blog was devoted to the game show Survivor. <laughs> um, because years and years prior, he had been working with a friend who was making some kind of desktop software that was called Survivor. And thus, Conrad had for his friend registered Survivor.com. Mm-hmm. And the friend never used, never did the software. Con- Conrad kept the domain. And when the show came out, you know, this was early internet days. Mm-hmm. When the show came out, Conrad contacted CBS and said, I have Survivor.com and you can have it for a million dollars. And CBS.com said, fuck you <laughs> and they so, did you know survivor.cbs.com yep, instead yeah so he but everybody went to survivor.com uh, first so he had his blog with all his google ads and whatever other stuff all around the page and he made a great side living from that for a long time that's incredible well, that probably helped when he was fired for incompetence exactly <laughs> gross incompetence i should say so then I was so inspired by the fact that he was making money watching a show that he also liked and writing about it. Eventually, he got really lazy with it and would just copy and paste stuff from other Survivor-related <laughs> sites, which was less good. Um, it looks that he like he no longer owns it, by the way. So Survivor.com is now not affiliated with the TV show mm. uh, or, or at, in any way. But 
so I was so inspired by that. I was, you know, I love the show Lost. I'm going to make a show about, I'm going to make a blog about Lost so I can make lots of Google money watching and writing about a show I love. I like and, that your reasoning is that <laughs> that way you can make lots of money. Right, Not that, because you have things to say, but no. that way I can make lots exactly. of money. I was a businessman. And so I'm every Lost domain I could come up with was taken. And I'm just trying everything, you know, Lost.com, not available. Lost ABC, not available. ABC Lost, not available. And I was getting desperate. And I finally ended up, I swear, God, with losttalk.info um, <laughs> just the perfect type in domain and it's partner site losttalk.mobi right That's for right. mobile users yeah. losttalk.biz it was and losttalk.xx my site peaked in season two and uh went away by i think season three um wow but i would lo- i would blog about each episode so I-, I couldn't even enjoy the show anymore because i was literally trying to write a whole synopsis of each episode as it aired <laughs> and uh it was horrible but i did like, make many 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 dozens of dollars from that site so it do you was still have it. the domain did you? oh no i let it go is it what you, you want when you need it now or yeah. it's no it's 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 nothing there is nothing oh. there wow just gone Right, free yeah. to any good home. All right, in exchange for registering the domain. <laughs> uh, maybe you could provide some kind of guidance for Will Shipley in writing about The Bachelor. Yeah, or Bachelorette, or what is what is what is he? I th- he, like, he writes about The Bachelor. I yeah, s- okay. I still want him to go on Millionaire Matchmaker. That's my dream, just as, <laughs> as a person. I, I I pitched him this idea, and he seemed uh, not too excited about it. But I. It, I would die the happiest man on earth if I could watch an episode of Millionaire Matchmaker featuring <laughs> Will Shipley. And I will do... I thought about uh, actually uh, running a billboard in his neighborhood to pitch this idea to him. Also, I'm supposed to kind of be his arch nemesis, I guess. So I was you know, trying to be devious. But San Francisco is weird and doesn't seem to have a lot of billboards downtown or whatever. So that idea didn't pan out. But if you uh, guys... Hire a homeless guy with a sandwich board. Oh, that would work. <laughs> Is there, I'm an idea man. Is there a, an agent for those guys? Or how do I? <laughs> just, well, you just, know, I, I do have, I don't think I've, I've ever talked about this on the show. I do have an idea for uh, a way to monetize homeless people. Oh, man. I'm, I'm almost afraid. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's completely humane. Because my, okay. my fear has always been what happens if the homeless people get their hands on square readers. Oh, I actually I've wondered about this forever. How is that not because happened? my, but well, I'm assuming it's because they don't have phones with active service because you have to pay a bill for that oh. and you have to have a bank account and there's other stuff. Yeah. But uh, like my default response and it's true is I don't carry cash. Like, of sorry, course. I don't have any cash. And I live yep. downtown for a couple of blocks from a homeless shelter. I get this. Uh, the, the homeless people come up to me all the time. And so I, that's like my default response. And I got to thinking about it. And it, the idea is you give them, you give them phones with square readers tied to an account mm. and uh, like some kind of username that they log in with and whatever, whatever they accumulate via swipes, they get the majority of that money. And then the company, my mm. company providing the service keeps 10%. <laughs> you got to make sure you're getting your rake off the homeless people. Of That's course. What I always say. Yeah, if at all yeah, it's possible. Only Look, for a nonprofit, uh, yeah, for this a charity, isn't a fucking charity. What are you, a charity? You homeless yeah. guys. <laughs> for, no, I'm saying, I'm saying that if, if for a charity, even if, even if it's a charity, you're allowed to keep up to 50%. We're only keeping 10. That's, I will not join you in this business. Venture. It's, it's helping homeless people. <laughs> Dot info. Uh, it's, it's boosting technology. Is your 10% before or after Stripe takes or uh, 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 Square takes its percentage? Uh, after. After. Okay. 
It has yeah. to be after. I'm we not gotta, a part we, of this. We got to stay in business. Oh, <laughs> now that that was your deal breaker. Yeah, <laughs> if it was ten percent before Too the harsh. swipe, you'd no be okay deal. with it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, fine. Ten percent before. I uh, stepped out Are of the in? office. Oh, sorry. I'm not in. No, I'm not in. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm also definitely, still out. absolutely not in. I stepped out of the office yesterday, and uh, and there's a, a homeless guy sitting in the middle of the street, and he had all of his things sort of arranged around him. And as I started to walk by, he looked me in the eye, and I was ready to be asked for change. And he reached into his pocket, and he pulled out a dollar bill, and he tried to hand it to me. <laughs> <laughs> And I, it was like Were you dressed poorly. It was, no, it's like the universe folded in on itself. Like I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know everything I knew about my life was just questioned at once. It was one of the weirdest experiences. And I, I literally, I said, "No thanks, I'm, I'm good." <laughs> now here, I'm this good? is the moment what? where I feel like you should improvise a song for us about that experience. <laughs> that, uh, that does not seem like it's going to be a good idea. Okay. But I, I'll, I'll, okay. Let's see. What are we? Oh. Before we do a song, uh, let's take a moment for (laughs) our sponsors. Let's take a break so we can talk about this week's sponsor. Just one sponsor this week, because that's how cool this app is. We wanted to give it the attention it deserved. Uh, But our sincere thanks to Kalugo for sponsoring uh, this week's episode of Unprofessional. They wanted to be a sole episode sponsor, and they wanted to have an awesome episode, which is, you know, we said, hey, take the Cable Sasser episode. It's going to be awesome. So let me tell you about Kalugo. It's an app for the iPhone that lets you create simple, private photo and video albums to share with your family and friends. So your first thought is, hey, that sounds a little bit like PhotoStream. Yes, but PhotoStream is one way. PhotoStream, one person gets to control all the pictures and video, or really just pictures, and everybody else gets to see them, and that's it. With Kalugo, everybody can contribute who you invite to be able to share and enjoy those photos and videos. So if you're tired of returning from, say, a party and having to beg your friends for pictures via email or texting or iMessage. With Kalugo, you don't even have to ask. Your friends at the party take photos and videos. They're all going to the one party album that you create and you all share. It's easy. There are no gimmicks like other apps with Kalugo. There's no magic albums or location-based sharing or other features that sound cool but are actually not useful or a privacy nightmare or just lousy to use. When you go to Kalugo, and I'll give you the URL in a second, they've got this great video where you really start to get a sense. It's for people who are on vacation together, people who are partying together, people with family. You want to send the grandparents pictures of your kids and whatever. It's really a very nicely done app. It's like a little private social network for whomever you want to be assembled with. Uh, it's, it's a delight. So what I want you to do is go to unprofesh.com slash Kalugo. Kalugo is C-O-L-U-G-O. So go to unprofesh.com slash Kalugo, C-O-L-U-G-O. Listen, the app is free. It looks awesome. It's very well designed. It is clearly made by people who care about you having a good app experience. It's very easy to organize your content. It's easy to pick friends to collaborate with. It is very private. It is the opposite of, you know, an oversharing social Facebook situation. If you decide just something you want to make public, make it public for all of Kalugo's audience to see. But if you want to do just really private, internal, close network sharing, it's really worth a look. So unprofesh.com slash C-O-L-U-G-O. Thanks so much to Kalugo for sponsoring Unprofessional. While we have your attention, uh, I also want to mention it would be great if you could follow Unprofessional on Twitter or app.net or Facebook at Unprofesh on any of those networks. Uh, As always, we'd love for you to go to iTunes and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Make sure you rate us. If you have the time to write a review, that's always great. 
And uh, of course, if you're interested in becoming a sponsor, like the fine, fine folks at Kalugo, who might I mention you can get to by going to unprofesh.com slash Kalugo, C-O-L-U-G-O. Uh, if you want to join them in sponsoring Unprofessional, go to sponsor.muleradio.net. We would love to hear from you there. Don't forget to visit us on the web either. We're at unprofesh.com and uh, plenty of behind-the-scenes info and some exciting stuff coming to unprofesh.com soon. I don't want to say too much, but a couple different interesting things coming to unprofesh.com soon. Anyway, enough of this. Let's go back to the show. Thank you, Kalugo, who, who again, is at unprofesh.com slash Kalugo. Homeless guy <laughs> Well, he looked me in the eye uh, handed me a dollar I said no thanks I don't know what this voice is that I'm using right now It's like kind of meatloafy. <laughs> I love it I didn't want his change Yeah, I don't know I, See, words are my oh, downfall Oh, you have strange right now Go from change oh, to strange It felt, <laughs> it felt This episode sponsored by RhymeZone.com Strange RhymeZone, that was a great tip by the way uh, and I just kept on walking. Uh, God, let's see. Look me in the eye. Yeah, so you guys got to help me with the lyrics. But then I'll build up to some sort of, you know, uh, uh, what if he was really God and I was <laughs> turning down his gesture? And I, you know, it, you know, like one of those things. It could turn into a uh, big kind of epic. I never expected it to go to the what if he was really God. That's totally the right <laughs> Every direction. Every song needs to go in that direction. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll work on that when we're done. There's your title. Jesus I'll, gave me a dollar, <laughs> and I turned it down. And now I'm going absolutely straight to hell. It's like man, oh you know man, the beggar crazy. woman with the rose and the Beauty and the Beast thing. I God, I didn't even realize it at the time, but now I'm going to be. The transformed. dollar represents salvation. And so, well, speaking of homeless people, what rhymes with salvation? No, don't, don't, oh. don't. Salivation. Okay, oh, that's see, good. that's, that's much cleaner than much I was better than I was thinking. <laughs> I went to menstruation right away. Oh, I went. What to I want to know is, speaking of homeless people. And given your proclivities and your affection for new foods, will you eat anything? No. You have limits. No, I'm actually not. Only until lately am I kind of good about eating different kind of real food things. Snack foods are easy because they're always going to be salty and garbagey and safe, right? I mean, spicy is going to be the worst they're going to get, but I don't mind spice. But it's like, it took me a long time in my life to eat like lettuce. <laughs> I was like yeah. a re- really bad about <laughs> stuff like that. Like tomatoes are still ugh, kind of on that. Like salsa, sure. Bruschetta, okay. But like a raw tomato, uh, I don't know. Um, Why, does it gro- gross you out or what? No, What's I just I, I guess I just, I had my, I was one of those kids that like went into my my very limited food zone of things that i like and it's only until like college and leaving college i'm like oh wait there's other things you can eat in the universe and and now what were you eating without tomatoes (sighs) i don't eat tomatoes at all I still don't eat tomatoes to this day. Wow, that's what good. the fuck? I How do you not eat tomatoes? <laughs> there's, there's, uh, the inside of a tomato is basically made of hell, as far as I can tell. <laughs> it's made of tomato. No, it's it's like, I mean, it's horrible. We're growing tomatoes inside the house right now in our arrow garden for people who <laughs> suck freak growing you plants. No, I can look at tomatoes. I'll eat ketchup. I'll eat marinara sauce. I won't eat yeah, chunky that's tomato exactly sauce. that's exactly me. Do you mean marinara sauce or do you mean yeah. tomato sauce? I, I mean uh, tomato sauce, Federico <laughs> Vettici. <laughs> Is it when a ketchup fruit? is the disgusting. <laughs> is it a vegetable? What? Okay, no, I can't. What is the deal with tomatoes? Okay, I can't. I can't. I'm just gonna... anything that's ragtime is the best. Okay, oh, yeah, I'll work on the tomato song. Can you convert the unprofessional theme into ragtime style? 
Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I'd love to hear that. Uh, uh, let me try. <laughs> that got a little Mario-esque there. That's the problem with ragtime is that everything becomes a Mario song. Everything is one sliver away from. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. So, but it's fun to play. <laughs> Unprofessional songs kind of tricky to ragtime. That's what I'm, I've learned today. I'm just, well, that was my goal in writing it. I think my my new requirement is if the guest the guest on this show must have an instrument and must be at that instrument for that throughout the recording. <laughs> show. This, this sounds pretty awesome to me. Well, anyway, tomatoes are disgusting. Yeah, I think we can so, all agree uh, on that. Disgusting tomatoes. Uh, do either of you guys have a Pinkberry nearby? I do not. We have a lot of other Pinkberry clones, but we don't pink have berry, I mean, Pinkberry. Uh, much like Taco Bell, you can't keep me away from a Pinkberry. Is Pinkberry one of these places where it's like a, you put in yeah. your own mixing things with yeah. your No, yogurt? no, no. You, you put the you, toppings on You walk on up to the counter. It's, like a, it's not like a serve-yourself style. It's more like a, I don't know, like a Chipotle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so they're behind the, they have access right. to the food, but you pick what things you want in. It's to make your own taco, but with yogurt. Okay, I got it. Right, right. They assemble it and they hand it to you. Uh, but they recently started, they, they, like, their menu changed and they push all the frozen yogurt like way off to the side in a smaller font. And now their main thing is Greek yogurt. Oh, it's God, that's the of, big new deal, right? It's like Yeah, yeah, it's a health initiative thing. Yep. But as a result of this, they've got these like kind of weird toppings now. So like, they're, hmm. what was their fruit bin, which had like strawberries and bananas and things like that, now also contains... Uh, Tomato, cherry tomatoes, Whoa. and and cucumbers. Whoa. Which both technically fruits still kind of freaks me out. Is I like definitely a, do not eat cucumbers either. I so, mean we're oh, pretty much going for my grossest foods um, right now. Unless it's unless it's been pickled, I have no interest. One of their flavors is like su- uh, sunflower seed. The other one is like a caprese salad kind of thing, which I don't think wow. that, that savory yogurt is really what I want. So we have uh a, a massive overrun here in central New Jersey of the places where it's, you know, fill your own cup of yogurt and put your own toppings in from a huge selection of toppings. And I find that most of the frozen yogurt at these places isn't that appetizing. I'm mm. definitely oh, no, more of terrible. an ice cream man. But the topping choices are really good. Like you get the mm. brownie bites mm. or the, the cookie dough thing. So I get like a spoonful of the yogurt and then just fill with the toppings. And I only go, because I'm a cheap human, I only go, <laughs> I know what you're thinking, Dave. I only go for the... Uh, <laughs> Lex Friedman, uh, the light, you. the light. I'm not doing a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> I only do the non-dense treats is what I'm getting at because Got I'm it. paying by weight. So I want to make sure that I'm getting lightweight dessert items in there. But uh, there, these places are everywhere here. And there's one of them that advertises quite clearly that it's not yogurt and it's not ice cream. And at that point, I don't know what the hell it is. And I, my wife won't go. It's frozen butter. <laughs> The, the, there's a local company called Yo Cream that I think makes the frozen yogurt mix for 99% of the frozen yogurt places in America. So they are the true winners in the frozen yogurt trend because they don't care if these stores open or close. They just keep selling their mix. So if you ever peek in the back, I swear to God, you'll see you'll see Yo Cream. That's Giant like, bags of yogurt. They're the picks exactly. and shovels of the yogurt Indeed. industry. And they have a wow. – yeah. It's just one of the many facts that I have to share. 
with you guys. Does Yo Cream do their own? Oh, and they're kosher certified. Does Yo Cream do their own? <laughs> Let's uh, get all excited. Stores like can you go to a Yo Cream establishment? There is a single Yo Cream store out at Cascade Station here in the Portland area, which is right by IKEA and actually right by the Portland Airport. So if you wanted to, you could fly in, go to the flagship Yo. No one will ever do this. Go to the flagship Yo Cream <laughs> store, have the real deal, and then yeah, fly out. But um, yeah, wow. they're they're the I'll masters. Be there tomorrow. Yeah. The uh, the the uh, biggest of the places right here, I I think it's called Let's Yo. Um, <laughs> is, you're fucking, you're making that. Up. No, I'm not. I it's can't. a chain. Oh. It's a chain. But Let's Yo has iPads. I think they're original iPads, actually, uh, all over the place on little stands locked in, so that you can play on these disgusting oh, yogurt God, no. covered not, iPads not gonna touch while that. you're eating. Right. And no, it's you. my kids always want to go to them like, well first of all you get to play with an iPad all the time at home. And second of all, this is yeah. like this is a herpes laden <laughs> iPad. We are not touching it. <laughs> The it, they don't have an herpes phobic coating to put on the screen yet. <laughs> exactly, it would I'm be the good. I'm the dude that like before I you know open the door handle like I will like subconsciously analyze it and look for the part that's the least worn down and then grab oh, that part. I so. won't touch it at all. I, I don't touch door handles. <laughs> I, I don't understand use that. clothing. Yeah. I use clo- yeah. my shirts are covered with germs. I, I understand oh, that is why, not why logical. Would... I, I'm the first person to admit it. I'm not going to get sick well, from that. I, I I I don't know. I can't explain. I did it. do it. I did it. I did it myself until I realized that the people who are exiting the bathroom and touching the handle, they're also exiting the restaurant and touching the handle. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't touch any of the handles. <laughs> I'm not they're kidding. They're also right. touching I, silverware. I they're touching tables. They're t- like, they t- people touch everything. You can't I'm escape. not going to go around licking other people's hands, but fuck it. I'm just not going to worry about it anymore. Oh, I just worry about it. Or maybe I will go around licking other people's hands. <laughs> <But> <laughs> maybe that'll be my thing now. <laughs> The other day, I realized that when I sit in the back of the bus on the way to work, like directly in the back, I'm right in front of the air intake for the, <laughs> the air conditioning system of the bus. And I'm just like, oh, man, this is like the, the flashpoint of everything everyone is breathing out is like streaming <laughs> past my face and into this filter. So yeah, there's oh, something I thought of it as just the patient zero seat. Like if that's the intake, then whatever you breathe out there is what everybody else is going to get. <laughs> that works, too. Uh, thanks for thanks for being patient by the way when i I know i was reluctant to do podcasts at first but it feels good to well thank you for doing it you were the only person we've ever asked directly who has told us no (sighs) we've had people's publicists tell us no but you're the only person who's ever told us no as a result of that i spent a lot of time thinking about this and what this means and where this comes from because you know i'm invited to conferences and i will always say no and I'm invited to, you know, do things like this, and I'll always say no, and all of these things. And so it actually led to a fairly enlightening period of what is my problem, which is always a fun <laughs> game to play with yourself. Glad we could help. What is my problem? Yeah, I think I figured it out. I think I determined that I have, an, I, I, I have no issue being the center of attention in a situation, but I do, it is hard to me to be expected to be the center of attention. That's where my mm. brain starts to break down. I will play a song off in the corner by myself all day long, but if someone says, hey, do a thing for us, that's when I like just uh, shut down. But so, yeah, I'm going to figure that out. Interesting. And, yeah, I'm here today, and uh, clearly this is step one on my 12-step program. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, when you said no, our reaction was like, God, what an asshole. And then you like, 
true. <laughs> then, that is a then, total lie. Then you then you follow up with, but I'm a huge fan of the show. It's the only podcast yeah. I listen to. And we're both like, no, we're the assholes. No, this is okay. Hang on, I want to rephrase. Dave's reaction was what an asshole, and I said, no, no. Listen, he, he's the one rumors of only, he hates true. podcasts, and yeah. he said the only podcast he'll listen to is ours. It's so actually suck true. On that. That's totally true. It's totally Talk true. Show. I, <laughs> I, I mean, part of it is always that podcasts are always like fairly easy to make fun of and generally not very good this show of course being a notable exception is that you know you. it's usually just the guy you know talking and going veering off course within three seconds and like you know yeah but anyways i'm ha- glad to be here there's a, a review of us on itunes where the guy says that he really likes the show but it gets off off track sometimes and i stare at that and i laugh because there's no track that's <laughs> yeah. the point of the fucking show it's, it's a five-star review too yeah. right I, <laughs> I think that's why I like it is that the yeah when the point is it's just a conversation it's not like hey so today I'm going to review the new Lenovo C94 <laughs> laptop but you know before I get to that uh, I was thinking about this movie Star Wars have any I of love you guys big podcast have any voice. of you guys oh seen God, that movie good. Star Wars yeah you know it's always yeah anyway every show in the world has the thing they're supposed to talk about we just have a thing we're not yeah. supposed to talk about that's, everything else is fair game now that is again it's all about short circuits it managed to short circuit my brain so congratulations and you know we interestingly enough had a recent twitter comment where somebody or maybe it was app.net actually you say twitter condom comment <laughs> um i think it was actually app.net though but where somebody said that the outro music is so sad uh, and they always get a little bit misty when it comes on like they feel it and they're like oh the show is coming to a close oh, how sad wow well i'll, I'll do something more upbeat no, you should do something really, really sad. All right. Like play it in a minor key I'll and go just back take to it my... all the way down. <laughs> I'll go back to that. What did I do before? I'm going to reuse that song I wrote earlier. All right. Uh, okay. The homeless Here, guy one or the Here's other? my... The homeless guy song. I'm going to reuse the homeless guy song. <laughs> I was going to say earlier was that when you started with the theme song, it was the uh, the Ben Folds version. You should do the meatloaf version going out. <laughs> I don't know that I'm prepared for that. Let me, uh, I'll, I'll segue into it. Let me see. I want to, I want to wrap up with a song for you guys. Uh, let's see. Uh, not much to say, but I said it anyway. Thanks for inviting me on your podcast. Oh, I got something here. Uh, my stories, they were old. Wait, no. <laughs> Uh, no, and, and none of them were gold. That's pretty. Why am I using this goofy voice? And I only learned that podcasts upon on broadcast. And I uh, really enjoyed talking about all the stuff we did. And I didn't swear. <laughs> I'm really falling apart here. Motherfucker. Oh wait, yes I did. And I'm proud to be. Proud to be, <laughs> proud to be a proud unprofessional. Oh. And here's where I type back in. Unprofessional was building to that moment. 